27th January 2021 was initially set as the day for schools to reopen. However, it was decided to delay the sound of the school bell. This was aimed at avoiding a situation where the healthcare system would be overwhelmed by COVID cases. Deputy Minister of Basic Education, Dr. Regina Maule. The Council of Education Ministers, in conjunction with the National Coronavirus Command Council and Cabinet, has taken the decision to delay the reopening of both public and private schools with two weeks. Two weeks later, it was pen to paper for hundreds of thousands of pupils. However, things were not as rosy as it became evident that the challenges of 2020 had morphed into the new year. A report by teacher union Seta Afrikaanser under Vaisar Ini showed that the foundation phase was in dire straits. Many primary school learners demonstrated poor skills in numeracy and literacy as a result of not being in the classroom full-time. Basic education researcher Professor Martin Gustafsson says a disruption in learning can have long-term challenges. If a child loses a week of school time, the child has lost approximately one and a half weeks of actual learning. Because of, because of the way learning works, because of disruptions, because of forgetting. If children are not in contact with teachers, especially children from disadvantaged communities, learning does not happen as it should. It was a winter of discontent. The proposed school calendar had to once again be reshuffled as the country entered a lockdown level four. The Delta variant caused the closure of schools earlier for the winter break, However, there was a glimmer of hope as basic education staff was prioritized for the second phase of vaccinations. The Department of Health aimed to vaccinate over 580,000 in the education sector, however, faced hesitancy from staff. By the end of July, 517,000 educators had received the J&J jab. Schools stayed closed for an additional week as the country remained under lockdown level 4. Many educators were thrilled to have been prioritized for vaccination. I'm so happy as an educator to be vaccinated because we have been longing for so long since we work with kids and many people. The Department of Basic Education announced that by the beginning of August, primary school learners would return to the classroom full-time. Minister Angie Mocheka. We hope to start phasing in your primary school from the 2nd of August, but some high school learners who are not covered by the full return to school will still really be on a, on a rotational. The department once again hit turbulent waters as unions refused its proposal to scrap the September holidays to make up for lost time. Executive Director of the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, or NAPTOSA, Basil Manuel, said educators had charted stormy territory and needed the break. The unions as a collective, NAPTOSA included, remain steadfastly opposed to the removal of the holidays. We see it as unreasonable, uh, inconsiderate, and not taking into consideration the uh, mental health of our teachers. Weeks into the planned return of all primary school learners, it became evident that the remnants of a historical unequal school system would plague the department. 
Some primary school learners would still continue to follow a rotational system. The South African Human Rights Commission entered a fray after it was discovered that some schools would continue to operate under the rotational timetable in 2022. Andre Gom from the SAHRC says rotational learning causes long-term harm. The South African Human Rights Commission holds that rotational learning has a long-lasting negative impact on learning outcomes for children. And as the Ministerial Advisory Committee's advice states, that the harms of learners attending school on a rotational basis, specifically the severe cognitive, nutritional and psychosocial costs involved, exceed the benefits of reduced COVID-19 infections. As the South African Human Rights Commission fought to protect the future of primary school learners, The matric class of 2021 started their final examinations. There were concerns after exam dates were reshuffled to accommodate local government elections. An announcement of load shedding during the final exams also sparked some anxiety. However, the department was adamant that the show would go on. Examinations and schooling continued into December without major challenges. By the end of December, the relaxing of lockdown restrictions raised questions. Would this mean that schools could go back to a full-time attendance schedule in the new year? Spokesperson for Basic Education, Elijah Mshlanga. The adjustments that have been made in recent days and weeks We hope that it will be possible. But before we get there, a lot of work needs to happen. The minister will still need to engage a whole range of stakeholders and contact and consult uh, the MECs in the provinces. The department is confident that the new academic year will kick off next week without major glitches. However, while there are many uncertainties, the prevalence of COVID-19 remains a clear and present danger. Prabhashni Murli, SABC News, Johannesburg. All right, now staying with the impact that COVID-19 has had on the education system, the Department of Basic Education, in collaboration with the National Education Collaboration Trust, has developed a program to reboot the education system and prepare schools to start to recover the losses from the last two years. For more on what this will entail, we are joined on the line by the CEO of the National Education Collaboration Trust, Godwin Causa. Godwin, morning and welcome to the show, firstly. Good morning, Udo, and good morning to Elisa. Good to have you on. Your, your research shows that 60% of schools only managed to cover about 30% of the written work in 2021. I, I, I just look at that headline figure and I ask myself, for there now to be a rebooting system, Godwin, are we starting this year with children who are sitting in grades that they should not be in? So, you know, Udo, the first thing we need to um, uh, take into account is the complexity of running the education system. Um, So, you know, seeing learners wake up in the morning, go into the schools, spend hours in the schools, there's a whole lot of complex operations behind that. And what the research tells us is that what we intend to do in schools for them to learn has actually not been happening because the, the circumstances did not allow. And that's why we get to a point where uh, 60% of these uh, uh, schools could only cover 50% of the curriculum. Mm. So the thinking behind that is 
I mean, we could not wish away, uh, you know, COVID because that was part of us. But what's key is that we have to quickly think about how we get back on track and bring these kids' uh, uh, life back on track. So three-part strategy has been agreed with the Department of Education. The first is to reboot the education system, meaning that operations have been brought back on track. The second is actually to start with a recovery process. And, you know, you can't recover before you reboot. Even, even on your computer, mm. you can't recover any information before you've rebooted your computer. So you must get your computer running again. That's what we're trying to do in the school. But lastly, then we, we talk about doing that better, taking opportunities that have prevailed during COVID-19 to build our education system better for the longer term. Mm-hmm. So back to the rebooting, which is a short-term you know, engagement. Rebooting of the education system will require everybody to bring their hands on back. Teachers, parents, the education system, government, and the public. One of the things that I think it's obvious for all of us to do is to get our kids vaccinated. It's a simple, simple logic. Parents and everybody else must get our kids vaccinated. Kids, learners of between 12 and 18 years, and more actually, can get vaccinated. And if that happens, then it puts us in a good speed um, to bring the learners back. It gives governments good confidence you know, to bring the learners back in all and do away with rotation, which inhibits us to teach you know, the learners. But having said that, in the past six, six months, we've been working very hard with the Department of Basic Education to prepare for that recovery and the rebooting. You know, for instance, from, from, uh, from this week, as uh, some of the provinces will be open, teachers will receive curriculum trackers that show them what to teach when in order to start the recovery process. That's very important if you're dealing with 450,000. Godwin, I I understand all of this and I know that the challenges are vast. Otherwise, you would not be doing what you're doing this year. But for the average parent sitting at home with a kid who's now perhaps in grade two this year, they they want to know one thing, that that their children have the, the, the commensurate skills to be in grade two this year. If I read that headline figure again, and I'm sorry to go back to it, that 60% of schools only managed to cover 30% of the written work in 2021. It suggests to me that there will be children who are sitting in a grade right now who, who still haven't covered the majority of the skills they needed for the previous grade. Is that part yeah, of your challenge? Yeah, there's, there's always learning gaps between grades. And education systems are designed to accommodate those. But now, mm. the learning gaps are even much bigger. So for us to do, the first thing is that let's put all the conditions in place, which, by the way, involve parents yeah. to get kids back into school. The educationists have lined up the things that have to be done to start recovery. One of the things that's going to be done, and it was started last year, is that there are core skills and competencies that we're focusing on you know, to fast-track the recovery of the, of the learning. But such is not going to happen if the conditions are not mm. in place. That's why the rebooting talks about putting the operations back on track so that the recovery can start in earnest. You, you, can't have, you can't put the cut in front of the horse. We must do what is necessary to bring the kids back into the class. So then recovery will start happening. Okay. So so besides bringing a different approach to the way that teachers are going to be working in schools, what resources does this collaboration physically bring into the classroom across South Africa? 
So the first is the resource that uh, shows teachers how to teach. The second is that for the first time, we're taking what is a complex curriculum and simplify it for parents. We want to show parents what will be taught each week in the classroom so that those who are able to support parents can do that. We have agreed with, for instance, the European Union and UNICEF to provide about 230,000 copies of readers, starting with three, the three large provinces. Those readers are being procured and will be delivered during the course of January and February to put physical resources in the hands of the kids who've been hit hard by this COVID for them to start covering what, what they've lost. We've been running um, uh, remote and digital learning uh, uh, um, you know, platforms, including mm. through a partnership with SABC. We've been running learning and teaching programs throughout the past two years with about 12 radio stations, sure. a couple of TVs, and so on. So these are the things that we've put in place. But what we are calling for is everybody to bring their hands on deck. Your, your collaboration, how long does it span, Godwin? So, um, so we we've been in place since twenty. We've been launched on in twenty thirteen, um, and we started running programs in NS in twenty fourteen. Before COVID hit us, we had worked consistently with over hundred thousand teachers from all the provinces, and over eight hundred curriculum advisors, whom we've worked with consistently to strengthen the system okay. to teach better. Now, you'd be in a very good position to sort of give us some kind of time frame, knowing what the plans are within the Department of Basic Education. Because if COVID has taught us one thing, it seems South Africa still cannot teach our children unless those children, and, and, and when I say children, I mean the majority of children in lower income schools, unless those children are, of, are effectively physically in a classroom. How much longer will that last before we realize that we, we need to bring in technology and that it actually needs to span the entire country? So, you know, um, Udo, technology is inevitable as a teaching uh, you know, platform. But uh, we, we've been working with uh, some professors from Harvard on a number of innovations. And, and I want to quote what one of them said. He said, moving into technology and into the future is almost having to jump and move from one branch of a tree to another. Hmm. And he said, it's not advisable to jump from one branch to the other. You may fall badly. What you need to do, you need to move one arm, right? And once you've studied yourself, move the other arm. So the transition from how we've been teaching in the past into taking advantage of technology actually has to be carefully uh, uh, managed. Otherwise, you know, we'll break something that will be very difficult, you know, to rebuild. I'm not saying that we, know, we must not be innovative. Yeah. But the level, with the pace with which we, we, we move and how we plan that has to be carefully done. Mm. Understood. Understood. And I thank you so much for the insight this morning. That's the CEO of the National Education Collaboration Trust.